Hey, and welcome to the Curious Cult Show. You are currently listening to a curiously quarantined live recorded episode. These were recorded in front of a live audience digitally on a webinar. So please don't look for the chats. Don't look for the questions. Just enjoy me and the guests talking about really interesting things and obsessing over our curiosities. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please give us a like, a rating, a review, and a share everywhere you can possibly think. That's what keeps me curious and interested. And for now, enjoy the talk. Welcome, everybody. It is 2 p.m. on Friday, and the second business stream that I'm hosting. Um, if you don't know, my name is Nick Harrell-Ambus. I'm an entrepreneur, an author, a keynote speaker. Uh, I like to talk a lot, which you'll see today. Um, Geert and I have known each other for, geez, I don't even know, maybe 10 years now. I, I forget. Um, I, since, tried, I tried days. Yeah, yeah, that's 10 years. So since I moved to Cape Town 11 years ago, um, and I'll let Geert introduce himself. Um, I want to do a little bit of uh, what we would say in, in the real life events, housekeeping. Um, chat on the right. If you Thank you, Mike, my shirt. Uh, I do appreciate that. Um, chat is on the right. If you'd like to ask a question, please, there is an ask a question tab or hit the plus sign in the chat and ask a question. Then it goes into the, poll, the question section and we can all vote it up or vote it down. Um, there is a poll up about whether you're raising funding right now. Uh, Kiet and I will address that in, in lots of detail today. Um, but otherwise, shoot your questions and Kiet and I will try and address them. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a Q&A with Kiet because, I mean, there's just so much stuff to get through. Um, and then we'll start opening up for questions. So Kiet, why don't you do a quick introduction, who you are and what KnifeCap is? Okay, good. So I would, uh, you know, I'm uh, Kiet von Sale. I am a emancipated accountant, I guess, by um, by profession, and um, and I have a few other things under my belt. But basically, uh, you know, been in the finance game for, for 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 all my life in various roles, and in about two thousand and six seven joined Mark Shuttleworth's Yebi Dragons Fund um, as an analyst, and and then the co-founder of Knife Capital, myself, Eben van Heerden, met each other. We worked there for about four years. And then spun essentially what became Knife out of out of out of um, HVD. Other partners, Andrea Bowmit, Bob Skinstad, a few others joined us along the way, and and we also set up operations in the UK, which is also a bit more focused on private equity and then linked to a family office. But essentially, Knife Capital is venture capital is such a it depends on your definition of of VC, but but we are a funder of high growth entrepreneurs. We partner with them for the long haul and and do some interesting stuff. So so a venture capitalist in the in the South African sense of the word, I guess, is what we're known for. But um, but it's much more than that, and we'll get into that just now. But yeah, partner with entrepreneurs, take minority equity stakes, help them with knowledge networks and funding. Um, we understand funding is a commodity, and and basically, if you if that's your value proposition, you are screwed as a as a, as a VC. So yeah, we 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 just um, do that, and we. We, we we like innovation. We like adventure. Like to have fun. We like to celebrate, and we need to kind of create our own reasons for that. You do. One of the favorite things about your office is the champagne bottle tops uh, as a, a what what is it a, like a representation of your deal flow and exits. Yeah. Well, and also to, yeah, we've got like a champagne chain, so we hang all all our champagne. We 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 do we do. Um, celebrate every exit, every term sheet, every. But it's also small things like we celebrated when we got a phone line. Um, we initially, and all those corks are there. 
Um, there is a bit of a secret code in them, though. So if you, if you do know which champagne we drink for which event, then you know, <laughs> which are the deals and which are the exits and which are just the celebration. Nice. Uh, okay, so let's kick it off. Um, how how's it going in lockdown for you personally? Like everyone's safe, family's fine. Like you're 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 surviving. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think I think we all go through that like sort of denial, like acceptance kind of curve. I mean, we were actually supposed to fly into Milan for a for a family skiing holiday into the eye of the storm, and and, and until you know, I mean, it's now seems bizarre, but until a few weeks before lockdown, we were like, well, you know. We're still going, type thing. I'm sure it'll be fine, and um, and and gradually had to reverse out of that. So I have I have two daughters, eleven and, and twelve, and they are obviously took that quite hard. Um, and, but we had to cope with that. So I guess it's it's the least of our problems as a, as the world we have now. So as I said, you know, we had to also accept that a little bit. But yeah, we had our house in uh, in Cape Town, and um, and um, yeah, just doing what what we all do, trying to make make do online education trying to connect with entrepreneurs through online platforms myself. Our portfolio companies um, have, have various great things and disastrous things happening. So as a, as a VC firm, we're quite busy. It doesn't affect yeah. our business our business so much because we, are, we have this London operation, as I said. So we're quite used to Zoom and those things. I mean, we, we have many meetings online. I do miss the smell of real coffee and, 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 and the glint of uh, passion in the entrepreneurs. I in a real life though yeah absolutely uh, it's funny enough i was actually supposed to be in italy uh, too and i was going all the way all the way through until major lockdowns in europe uh, it was a conference that i was supposed to be speaking at and everyone was like no, no you're not going and i was like shut up i'm going this is not a okay. thing and look at us now mm-hmm. um okay so so l- you guys obviously work with a lot of entrepreneurs um how are you working with them now, your investees? Um, what are you doing to help them through this uh, insane period that we're in? Yeah, so look, we had to get our, our heads around it fairly quickly. Um, we had almost um, a little bit of an advantage because of, of, of the fact that the UK were actually about two weeks ahead of all, all yeah. of the disaster. So when we, we were discussing working from home as a group before it was a thing, um, we had portfolio companies which you had to look for, for at that side. So first and foremost, how we worked with them is, is just send out the communication saying, look, we know there's basically a, a storm coming. Um, we've got your back. We invested you guys in you guys for a reason and your business models are solid. And um, we don't know the instrument yet or the, well, is it cash flow, is it support, is it the shoulder to cry on? But first and foremost, be safe, work from home. Secondly, know that we back you and we will get through this and, and continue to do so. And, um, and that was sort of the first thing, just to kind of get the communication out there. We speak to them every, every day. We have a deal lead on, on each of our deals. So we've either got Andrea or myself or someone else. And then, and so, so the deal lead is speaking to their, their portfolio company and keeping the communication open. And then really um, the, the benefit of having a portfolio of investments we have also a WhatsApp group with our portfolio companies and each other. So they could then, you know, we, we were just sharing information then with each other saying, hey, guys, you know, this is how you apply for the SIPSI thing. Or have you seen this incentive or is, this is coming out from SARS and this is how we applied for X. And, and I think this is a good thing to go for. That is bullshit. Don't worry about that one, et cetera. So, so a lot of communication within the portfolio companies and from, from our perspective, trying to make sense of it all. But yeah, so that was sort of more the, the initial frenzy, you know, when, when, when that sort of calmed down, we really looked at, we're looking at, at our businesses in a, in, a, in a multiple of steps. 
Um, it is basically saying, you know, firstly, be safe, make sure that your employees are fine, over communicate to your stakeholders. I mean, this is the time where, where, you, where you can actually be forgiven for not having the money to pay an invoice or something, but just don't shut yeah. up about it. Just, just sort of say what you can do and then stick to that. And people might be unhappy and there's a whole value chain, but what can you do? Um, basically, we, we, we had each company had to provide an action plan, uh, a COVID action plan quite early, which we took to our investment committees and, and, and gave input on. But the main thing was that we, we, we encouraged quick action. So if, if, if there was going to be retrenchments or there's going to be a, a lease renegotiation or all of that stuff, it wasn't like, okay, let's just wait and see attitude. It's like, okay, cool. You've got the board support. Um, if, if the wheels come off, we, we, we do have, you know, at least some funding to throw into the, the mix and let's just go. So we, we did that. In the meantime, we went to our investment committee with all of these plans and said, look, this is more or less how the portfolio is looking. Interestingly, we've got two companies in digital online education, um, Snaplify and, and SkillUp, which is in the lesson space and those type of things. And then we've got one company, PharmaScout, in the um, pharmaceutical value chain. So, you know, wow. luckily. Yeah. And half of the stuff is doing okay and, uh, and growing. And the other half, but then we've got companies like Quicket, which, I mean, you talked about your, your own, um, you know, eventing and, 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 and speaking engagements. Quicket is a, is a ticketing platform. If there aren't events to, to sell tickets to, you know. So, 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 so there's, there's those, anyway, it's a mix of things. So we basically had to get yeah. our heads around what does it mean for us and then each company had a tailored plan, you know, and in the meantime, we also had to balance how much, what kind of money do we make available to our portfolio companies at, at what instrument? Because it's a bit unfair to use this window of opportunity, which is a terrible window of opportunity to kind of grab more equity at a lower valuation on the one end. But on the other end, you've got investors that gave you money and expect a certain internal rate of return. So and you're a business too, I suppose. You're going to say, I remember we promised you in our business plan a 30, 40% IRR, but now it's kind of 25 because remember COVID like wiped out a third of, of the stuff because we gave money <laughs> to companies. So, 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 so I hope you forgive us, you know. Yeah. So we had to produce that. But luckily we have a, I mean, and it was actually, I must just say, if I can just stop on that, it was actually flipping impossible and difficult to really get your head around what is fair and, and what is partnering and what is fair to your investors as, as, as a VC sitting in the middle of managing this cash. But mm -hmm. um, we came in, 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 not to go into too much detail on the instruments, but we basically you know, made a percentage of our portfolio that we still haven't invested available at a tiered sort of thing, you know, to say to the companies, look, it's a 24-month instrument, and if you, if, if you pay it back before December, we replacement funding, it's kind of like our opportunity cost of money is sort of just what it's lying at the bank at for. You know, we wouldn't have mm -hmm. invested that money in another company now to make us a return now. But next year, that, come, that money is a bit more opportunity cost of time is a bit more. And then in, in, in 2022, you know, and then we need to start seeing some, some, some real returns or convert into equity. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that was actually one of my questions. So it's an interesting approach. And I think uh, too often entrepreneurs don't see VCs as businesses. They just see them as banks, private equity banks. Um, but you have LPs and you've got performance targets and you got to make money too, but you're also trying to help entrepreneurs. And I think to jump back all the way to the beginning here, there is also a very subtle difference between venture capital in South Africa and venture capital globally. Um, we just are different. We're a different country. And I've always found it frustrating that we treat uh, 
VC in South Africa as we as we look at it in, in Silicon Valley, and it's not. They're not the same. We've got different needs in South Africa, um, and they're different entrepreneurs. We're at a different stage. There's different money. It's a different addressable market. So you, your VC version is more of a charitable VC compared to the SoftBank type of VC. Um, you know, So it's nice to hear that there are some VCs like yourself who are putting an olive branch out there, even though it's on terms, you're trying to keep your businesses afloat. Um, I do want to yeah. ask, though, are there any businesses um, who haven't taken you up on the money and, and are like, cool, if we go under, we go under, screw it, that's just the name of the game? No, so our, our portfolio is not at risk at the moment of, of, of you know, just, just again, I mean, this is, this is, this is not, I'm not there for saying it can't change. Um, like, for instance, you have to take Quicket as an example, not to not to pick on them. Sorry, James and the guys, but um, you know, at some point, people will go to Africa Burn again, and people will have wine tastings, and they'll go to events, and go to. I mean, it, it, it has to happen. Um, how long that period is that, that 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 they can't? I mean, that is the decision. At some stage, we all need to say to each other, if we're still in this situation a year from now, saying, well, you know. But on the other hand, it also is 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 an opportunity. So two things I just want to, because we're digressing a bit, but two things I just want yeah. to, to hook onto what you mentioned is, yeah, EC is also a business, you know. So yes, think of us as a fintech business. People can invest in us. We take that money and we then, um, instead of having our products, are basically different entrepreneurial businesses, you know. And, that, and one product is going to be very scalable and doing well. The other one is going to be a little bit more of a of a, of a consulting type product, which is, which is a bit more stable, but, but whatever. And, um, and that's our, that's our, our offering, you know, and in the middle there's salaries, there's um, travel, there's rent and, and so forth. So one doesn't just magically create unicorns and, and, and that. And, and even if you do, um, that upside is usually shared by the team. It's not sort of the business that becoming this massive business. So it's kind of like a think of it as a, as a, as a financial manager. So, and, and actually maybe a good learning is, the companies that we partner with or the entrepreneurs we invest in, we, we spend a lot of time to really let them also understand our business model, you know, whether it's an accelerator or the, or the, or the, the VC side of things so that they can know what, what, our, what we're after. You know, there's no secret in, in terms of how, how and what we make money, but the more they can understand that, the better. Anyway, back to the portfolio companies. So we, we kind of looked at, 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 at the funding and, and all the rest of it, but then we also said, look, we have to assume that, yeah, this the whole new normal cliche, but we have to assume the next normal and, and we have to go on the offense and do the unexpected as a business and, and, and all that kind of stuff. We have to reimagine all of these things. And and yes, that is sort of traditional thinking, but we actually said, let's use this opportunity to go maybe, you know, scenario plan the opposite of what you would expect. So if you're a VC, for instance, should you now hoard your cash to wait for those opportunities maybe that mythically is going to come? Should you say no to the portfolio companies, the pipeline deals you have now, just to say, look, we, we know your valuations are going to change in six months' time, so let's just play that game a bit? Or should you actually just go and, and invest? And should you, should you wait on raising an X fund or should you raise an X fund? Just maybe with a different yeah. flavor to it, maybe a little more towards you know, online collaboration, collaboration tools and ed tech and whatever. But So we've, we spent quite a lot of time doing that for our business, but also for our portfolio businesses to say, look, Let's not go into um, hoarding and, and preserving and, and, and cutting mode only. Let's also go into what, what then, you know? So you can't save yourself from prosperity. We've, we've seen making that mistake with some businesses where you just 
don't spend on marketing, don't do this, don't do that, and saying and pretend that you're going to have be a high growth business at growing 40, 50% year on year. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I love that thought experiment of let's see what the plan would look like if we do the opposite of what the world expects us to do. Um, and for me that right now, that is everyone keeps saying, oh, the world is going to be different. Everything is going to change when we get out of lockdown. Honestly, people like what they like. I guarantee you within 12 months, we're going to be handshaking, hugging, kissing on the cheek, just like we used to. I don't think things are going to fundamentally change as much as we believe. And I like to hear from a VC that you looking at your businesses going, well, Quicket's going to sell tickets again. There are going to be concerts again. Their, their business isn't gone. We're not fundamentally changing the fabric of society. We're just shifting a few things that we used to do and how do we respond accordingly. So I love that thinking. Um, I want to jump to something you said that I, I really appreciated. You said that you guys, um, you had a COVID action plan for your business and for your investees. Talk me through that a little bit because I think the people online are all business owners. What, what was in this action plan? How did that look? Okay, so I think one of one of the things that we that we looked at to say, okay, you know, let's assume for all of our businesses, and this is this is just a, a, a thesis that we just immediately adopted, that this year's budget to let's say Feb twenty twenty one is going to be delayed by twelve months. So that budget's only going to be achieved by Feb twenty twenty two. So let's just make that as an assumption and, and work from there to say mm-hmm. we've now gone backwards a year. Um, so, so that obviously has cash flow effects, and, and that even for ourselves, our, our budgets and all the rest of it. So, so now we've got this 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 gap, you know, because it was growing, 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 and, and flatlining, and then hopefully growing, you know. So, how do we make sure that that we can then? So that was the first assumption, and then how do we shorten that period, or how do we make sure that we that we swing jump um, and leapfrog a little bit in that year where we now all good again? And and in the business would be to say, well, how do you? Create a new product, you know. How do you do, to to cater for this this thing? Not to fundamentally imagine this new world that's going to be out there, but it's going to be an increased awareness from 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 people out there to to be a little bit more wary about how to interact with each other. You know, maybe the, maybe you can now actually test some some of your workforce working from home, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Not all of it because people need to see each other, but maybe it's not. Maybe it is hot desking versus this elaborate elaborate offices that one had to have. You know. But the action plans were a little bit more of that to say let's do let's go from grow 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 at all costs to reasonable growth with a path to cash flow zero. Where does that where does that go? And then we yeah, went. Very we said said things are going to be delayed. Whether it's funding plans, follow on rounds, and and all those things, valuations are going to be impacted. So let's try and test by how much, and then um, basically look at. Um, optimizing runway meaning like like cash flow runway versus optimizing growth just for now you know so so that we can we can you know and and, and there's a lot in those words but just just to 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 say let's just let's just do everything for for runway and forego growth for a while to lay the platform a little bit re-click and then make sure that that next growth phase which we don't even know what it looks like now but at least get the basics right and basics means if you're going to retrench, get rid of rid of of of, of not, not dead wood, but people that are that are maybe not clicking with the culture, or you know, just just use it use it to to just cut the business into something amazing. And then um, yeah, and as I said, last point was was the, the offensive plan. So we we asked the companies to 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 not just come with a with a with a budget cuts retrenchments. This plan offensive plan and um, going into into growth. 
Cool, that makes sense. Um, so the next question, I have strong opinions about this, but I would like to hear yours on the government funds available to small businesses. Um, what, what do you think about these? Should entrepreneurs be giving them their attention or is it a red herring? <laughs> so, supply and demand, let me start there. So, uh, so, so how much money has been made available and how much money is needed by small businesses to 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 yeah to, to survive so so one can start with doing the mathematics to start forming an opinion on how how well these 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 things are going to work secondly um i think a, a lot of the programs are a little bit designed to to um just plug gaps and and not necessarily strategically set up um things which is definitely needed so i'm not i'm not knocking that so, so I think I, I'm, I'm a little bit divided. Maybe not on the positive in the positive corner. Um, there's some things, and, and we've encouraged our companies to apply for them, um, and 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 the ones that make sense. I mean, there are some some things on solidarity fund and some some incentives and, and so forth that you must put your hat in the ring. But don't expect to get anything. So don't 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 hang your hat on that on that bailout. You know, don't say okay, well, I'm sure by next month I will I will get something because I've I've really have heard some horror stories in the last three weeks, and I must say I'm disgusted. Um, dealing with um, I have a morning coffee every every morning with a, with with an entrepreneur. So my schedule was 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 full when COVID started. I said, look, let's just anyone who wants to meet with me, I'll chat. Not to be this guru on the mountain that that give advice, just to have a chat. You know, more for my sanity. Mm -hmm entrepreneurs and, and that, that gave me an opportunity to reach out to I guess different types of entrepreneurs not only the ones the high growth innovation driven technology entrepreneurs that I usually chat to just you know people involved in feminine hygiene and people involved in the supply chain with with government and, and all the rest of it and actually learned that you know I think the first thing government must do is just pay the flipping SMEs the 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 the, the um invoices which are in their system which are two months late and three months late already you know like that would that yeah would, no, seriously i mean they just it's, yeah so um you know before you even think about like like getting ahead of the curve it's just sort of do the backlog you know yeah. and uh, you know as one entrepreneur is, is is for instance he was applying for a hundred thousand rand one of these you know, very detailed little plan to get a one-page budget and this is what he needs to otherwise he's going to retrain he's got eight employees otherwise going to have to retrain some but he's got two hundred and forty thousand rand two invoices owed to him from 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 Jan and Feb. It's like okay, well, just pay that, and then he can actually survive. Yeah, that's brutal. But uh, yeah, I so actually know of an yeah, I'm critical, but but not not negative. You know, I think I think if you if you rely on that, it's a, it's a problem. I think also maybe in the intro, we, we before we, when you and I started chatting before we we made this online, I, I was also saying, you know, there's also a lot of people, including ourselves. Um, coming on online and giving advice and this is what you must do and mentoring and you know, have a coffee and all the rest of it. When, when entrepreneurs look at me and say, listen, I, I'm learning and, I, and I'm trying to strategize and be positive, but I'm worried about the 25th of April right now. I'm, I'm worried about yeah. looking at my employees in their eyes, the 50% salary cuts all of us need to take. The, uh, all, all I actually really want now is just a check for some money. Yeah. Like, like, forget the knowledge in the networks right now. And and I mean that is that is a that is a problem, yeah. Yeah, that's the reality. But yeah. it's a it's a systemic problem. It's actually not a COVID problem. We as a country yeah. do not support our SMEs to the extent that they need to be supported. I mean, it's the lifeblood of of of, of any economy. In our economy, we 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 see this world entrepreneur 
as one thing, you know, so, so you never know, are you talking about survivalist entrepreneurs? Are you talking about like unicorn creators? Are you just talking about biltong shops? Are you talking about, you know, spaza shops? Are you talking about AI for digital, for, for manufacturing in data profit, which has got Daimler Chrysler as, as clients, you know, and, 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 and they all need different stimulus and support. And we just can't get our heads around this as a country. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, so you're being very polite about these government funds. Uh, my first piece of advice is, yes, apply, but forget that you've applied. Um, the, the truth is, systemically, the government hasn't changed. It's still corrupt. They don't know how to distribute any kind of grant, whether it's individual grants, government grants, business grants. So you should act as if no one is going to help you, because the truth is no one is going to help you except for yourself. Um, and with that, unfortunately, comes really aggressive things. One of my advisors in my last business, we had to retrench a couple of people. And he said, do me a favor. If you think you need to retrench four people, retrench eight. Cut deep, cut quick, and move on. Because the truth is the short-term pain prevents the long-term destruction of your business. And I don't think enough entrepreneurs understand that. And now you need to have that killer gene to be an entrepreneur. Your business is going to survive to continue to employ people. You need to make the hard decisions today. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes. I mean, rely on yourself. I mean, I see there's comments of questions about UIF and, and all these things. I mean, definitely. I mean, these things help. But don't rely on them, A and B. Also, think about the opportunity cost of applying. You know, like I, I, I yeah. all the creativity flows out of me when I when I walk into a government-type building or I look at one of those forms that ask me questions, which I know no one's going to even look at this answer and it's irrelevant, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, and it takes time and it takes it sucks positive energy. And should you should you is the seven thousand rand that you're going to get a month use worth actually doing it? You know, like 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 yes and no. Yeah. Um, so I want to uh, ask one of the questions from uh, some of our audience, the most voted one so far, uh, which I think is really poignant, is do we need to adjust our strategy now when talking to potential investors? What's on their minds? How do we engage? And I think the, the first version of that question is, should you be approaching venture capitalist investors now at all? Look, um, yes, you should. Um, you should, definitely. I mean, people, people, some, some businesses are on the offense and, and doing what they what they creating pipeline. But the reality is funding will take about three to six months longer than, than before because mm -hmm. there will be a little, lot more questions in the due diligence process. People are more skeptical. Investors, including ourselves, um, if you have un invested money so let's say you've got a fund of 250 million and you've spent half of it then you you know that, that's sort of called you know it's obviously money that you have invested but but the money you hold back is called dry powder and dry powder just means you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you've invested every last cent of your of your portfolio and then suddenly an opportunity comes up for one of your portfolio companies which which you need to follow on an investment and you you kind of like you don't have you dry powder so 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 you, so those pools of dry powder is, 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 is currently becoming bigger, just saying, look, let's keep a little bit more in reserve because of this uncertainty out in the market. So which means um, there'll be less aggressive investing and more held back for current portfolio companies. I mean, case in point, knife, you know. Um, it bodes well for current portfolio companies because you, you kind of will, will rather back their strategy than, than add more risk and diversification in, at the moment. But anyway, so first point, Three to six months funding delay. I mean, it has dried up. I saw a CB Insights report this morning 
looking at um, it's between sort of 14 and 20 percent less um, VC activity in the US and the Europe and all the rest of it uh, quarter on quarter versus this quarter last year. So, so the deal yeah. deals have have gone gone down globally, and that will be a trend here as well. Um, but should you approach VCs? Yeah, I think I, th- I think you should. So, so deals will get done. Um, people will maybe be more skeptical, but at the end of the day, you maybe should. My advice would be start with your current investors first. And the people in your immediate circle first, you know, so the, the angels and stuff that you know, versus trying to hit up new relationships for funding right now. But at the same time, hit up new relationships, you know. So, so what? What? Back to the fact that that VCs are businesses too. Um, we, as passionate as an entrepreneur is about, you know, digital currency or, or money transfer or AI for manufacturing or ticketing or e-health we are passionate about entrepreneurship so that un- those entrepreneurs should should start establishing relationships with new vcs you know reach out um instead of pitching hard for money rather almost the, the old adage would say sort of if you want money ask for advice and if you want advice ask for, for for money rather sort of just reach out and say look this is this is what we're up to um do you have you have one or two things or can you can you have a look at my one pager um subtly sort of sort of just just keep them closer so that when they are keen to unleash this opportunity again then then at least you don't have to start a new relationship so so yeah and then valuations are going to be impacted um people are going to look at it and, and, and discount maybe a little bit more risk for uncertainty um you you've now got this business plan um if you gave me a business plan in january when when I didn't have COVID on my on, on my on my mind, I would I would say, okay, cool, it's a reasonable probability that that you're gonna achieve that. Now you'll say there's a reasonable probability that you're gonna hit that be ten percent or twenty percent below those figures, just just because, you know? And that obviously affects valuations and all the rest of it. We've actually interestingly gone the approach with the portfolio companies we 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 are the investee companies we're looking at at the moment to say let's not let's actually stick to the valuations that we that we had because I mean that could pan out unless there's fundamentally in the due diligence something that now I've lost a key customer or whatever. But let's rather look at at how we apply the milestones for investment and stuff like that. And, and, and what I mean by that, a bit technical. But if we're going to invest twenty million rand in a business, you wouldn't give them twenty million rand on day one. You will maybe give them ten and ten. You know, just just to say yes, ten. In the business plan, we figured out, or in the diligence, we figured out you need a new marketing manager. You must um, um, have your last accounts audited, and you need to. Have a intellectual property assignment agreement with uh, with your key staff, whatever. Just to use an example, and then you get the other um, to now sort of rather bring it into say, okay, let's just do five and five and ten, you know. So let's just kind of so that we can almost pivot or tweak or carrot and stick earlier on once we see how this pans out. But do the deals on the same basis because that gives us a little bit of yeah. So those are the, those are some of the some of the things, you know, just. Um, and then optimize for runway versus valuation again. So look at look at runway, and what I mean by that is, end of last year, beginning of this year, maybe you know, is in South Africa, the VC environment is is a little bit not overheating. I mean, we need plenty more money, but the twelve J funds are getting funding in. There's more angels than before, and all the rest of it. And people were or people are getting a little bit too. Yeah, this is working. You know, there's unrealized returns and valuations. And I mean, we see business plans getting funded, and we we kind of like. 
geez, I, I can't believe that that deal got done at that valuation because maybe we didn't see the same Excel spreadsheet as, as what those people saw. So yeah. I think reality is, has come back, will come back to normality, which is not that great for the entrepreneur because they now have to sing for their supper a little bit more on justifying value. But um, but I think, yeah, you know, just just age-old thing. No? Don't just use funding as a, as a value proposition. Maybe do a bit more homework on your funder and really ask them what what are you going to bring to the table other than other than funding you know so so and then then valuation starts not to matter as much if you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm not saying use your reputation to, to to negotiate down but if you're getting something other than money then 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 yeah don't go for the highest valuation that's what i'm saying and you don't go for the highest term sheet go for the value add yeah, I mean, that's there's so much to unpack there. Uh, the first thing is you answered quite successfully a question that Richard asked about how one should approach uh, VCs and build a relationship. I just want to add on to that. Um, Kiet and I have actually never done business together. Uh, I have had a relationship with him, a friendship with him for 10 years now. Uh, that's how you build relationships. You add value. You don't ask a VC immediately, hey, I've got a business plan. Can I have some money? Uh, the yeah. truth is the hidden secret that uh, most uh, VCs won't tell you that backed entrepreneurs will tell you is that VCs take warm intros before they take cold intros. That's how it works. If someone refers you to a VC, they are going to jump on that deal because they trust the referral. So slowly build these relationships over time. Don't go to a networking event, hit up a VC at the networking event over a glass of wine at your first meeting and ask him for a million rand they're going to laugh at you. So these are very slow relationships that you build. You don't like you don't raise money off a business plan. It just it doesn't work that way. Um, I've personally never cared. I don't know about you, but that's how I see the world. No, that's exactly. So I'm not not going to repeat what you said. I, I, I endorse it uh, and second that uh, 100%. But I think also maybe to add this little insight is VCs also want to be associated with successful entrepreneurs. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean invested in them, you know. So when you, when you have a feeling that this entrepreneur is going to be successful, um, even if they might not want your money, you know, some of, some of the guys that we see, here's a, you know, and I'm not going to mention names, but these guys are going to definitely be on a roll. Let's go knock on their doors. It's, I, I almost say if, if you are pitching to a VC and they're not pitching to you, you're doing it wrong. Um, you know, we, 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 are, we have our finger on the pulse and we have a good feeling on, on who's going to be successful. No, we're not always right, obviously, but but and, and that means those entrepreneurs, if they're going to have a massive exit, they could be our future um, LPs, our investors, and our angel investors that we co-invest with, and our, our, our deal flow. I mean, and, and, and again, we haven't done officially business together, uh, Nick, but, um, you know, hey, kid, I saw this interesting entrepreneur. I really think this one you should take a coffee with because um, they're onto something. That, that hint, hint, you know, and, and that goes into that, that, that network you're saying. But it's also just for that reason. I mean, we've got a few entrepreneurs that we've never done business with that, that have successfully exited because we just helped them here with a, you know, check this term sheet for me. I, I, I mean, this investor wants to invest or there's an exit thing. Who, who can I use as an exit advisor or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be? And people remember that, you know, it's a very long game. And then and, and never forget that the entrepreneurs have all the power and they talk, you know, so so the entrepreneurs know who, who they, you know, they ask, you know, and, and if someone says, I mean, and definitely not everyone's going to, I mean, we have definitely got one or two enemies out there as well, but on balance of power, I would like to think mm -hmm. that, that we have added a lot of value to entrepreneurs outside of just our portfolio companies that, that if, if, if someone does a reference check on Knife Capital, people will say, 
yeah, I mean, and 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 that's the way it goes. And it goes with any co-investor. I mean, I had you guys can know maybe Sea Monster, Glenn Glenn Gillis. Um, it's a, a business in the sort of AR kind of media virtual reality space, and and also they were on our accelerator five years ago, and and we've done many things with Glenn. It almost feels like they're a portfolio company, but but they're not. We just refer deals and business and 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 whatever, and it works. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting, uh, the timing of this conversation, obviously wrapped around the Custos and Havoc conversation. And I mean, we don't want to get too deeply into that, but from a high level, um, I've I've pitched to VCs around the world in 10 different countries. I know entrepreneurs who've done the same. I've literally never seen a VC sue a startup unless they've done something criminal. So when you talk about due diligence on a VC, I think a lot of startups forget that they're interviewing the investors as much as the investors are interviewing them. And entrepreneurs hate it when I say this, but the truth is there is more than enough money to be raised. There are not enough good partners. And uh, VCs feel the same about entrepreneurs. There are more than enough ideas in the world, but not enough good founders. So when you have something to offer, you need to lord it over that person and you need to interview and do your due diligence on the VC as much as they're doing the due diligence on you. And that hasn't changed because of this pandemic or anything. That is just really good business sense. You can't be desperate and raise money. That's like problem number one when you're raising funding. Yeah, look and optimize, optimize for the partnership. I mean, I think it takes, it almost, takes i mean really and, and we do feel like it we live our brands we will you know the, the ones we invest in and, and and the ones we like out there it is like almost having i see myself as a as a, as a co-founder almost of some of these businesses without taking that title away from them you know so so therefore it is it is a partner that you're gaining it really is and um and and it's a long five six seven years that you're going for it just not worth no amount of money is worth getting the wrong partner it's just not worth it um but yes i mean one says that people are desperate sometimes for cash flow and and, and all the rest of it but rather bootstrap strap a year longer and build the business um maybe build a more of a lifestyle business versus this high growth zebra unicorn whatever animal you want to choose um but you know it's just not going to be fun doing it with 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 the wrong people yeah, absolutely. So just a reminder for those online, there's some polls at the bottom you can answer. You can ask us some questions. Um, and Kit, let's let's go to one of the questions from Jason. Um, I don't know how well positioned you are to answer this, but um, the question is, what are some ideas on how to collect outstanding invoices? Uh, you did mention about the government owing a lot of startups, but there's also this whole supply chain up and down. If you're in the middle below, above you and below you, that if you don't get paid, you can't pay. And then it's just the cycle of mess. So what do you what are your advice there? Collecting, sorry, collecting out. Yeah, collecting invoices. Yeah. Well, I think he, he, he or she who shouts the loudest get to the, the top of the pile. So, so never forget that. Um, when, when people, if you don't bother them, they, they think, well, you know, I'd rather pay this one of the entrepreneur that's emailed me like three times this week versus the other ones that seem quite happy that we, that we don't pay them, but they pay them this month. Um, I think be a little so that's maybe one be be open around um, around what maybe the not that people bleeding art society really actually care but just maybe make people aware of of the of the fact that this is a value chain um, that you guys are connected to each other and and this is more or less where I fit into the value chain and this is where you fit into the value chain and and these are some of the dominoes that that will 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 you know, this value chain effect, um, you know, you need to help me to help you maybe start negotiating 
um, the other way and say, listen, okay, even if you can't pay me in full, maybe um, here's a p potential payment plan up front, you know, versus, versus, so, so give people, so look, look, I mean, I, I know we're all in it together and go through a partnership approach. You know, you've, you've been a, a client of mine for, for all these years. I want to continue and continue that going and, um, and, but please just kind of, Honesty bar, you know, pay me what you can, and then uh, or, or something like that. So, so I think it goes to communication, it goes to being creative, and then um, and and then really it it, it could also go to almost ne negotiating maybe discounts on, on 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 future invoices or whatever, you know. So 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 there's quite a lot of, I must say that the, the, the COVID has brought out the best and the worst in humans. I must just say. So 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 I you know I don't know if I must be like give up on humanity or I, or I must shed a tear in, 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 in because I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, but, um, but people have the whole concept of paying it forward is, is, is uh, you know, you can, you can play on that theme, you know, so people actually, I think the default setting of someone has been doing business with, with, with you for, 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 for years or maybe not should be um, to pay. If it comes to a government contract, that's, that's a little bit, a little bit kind of different because there's, there's, there's no, screwed. There's no negotiation there. I think you just need to be on that, you know, every every morning, just email, CC everyone, just do do all those ugly things to to kind of uh, be desperate, but but do it and shout. But remember, shout loud, but not not. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the value chain with partners, um, communicate. Be present. Yeah, be present. I think, uh, yeah, shouting angrily and aggressively is not going to get you anywhere. But I agree with you. I think entrepreneurs yeah. often deep. Don't be quiet. Exactly. Entrepreneurs default more often to stepping back and not, oh, they'll pay me. They're nice people. They're not nice people. They're not going to pay you. Talk to them. Be open. Communicate with them. Don't ignore them because they're your suppliers. Um, okay, we've got some more questions coming in here. Um, yeah, this one I think is for both of us. What do you think about people starting new things in the middle of this insanity? Um, like starting new ventures in the midst of a pandemic, crazy. It's the best time to start uh, new ventures. Um, I, I, I can't now rattle off the companies, but um, there is a infographic doing the rounds on social media of the companies that have started in 2008, 9, and 10 in the in the middle of the of the 2008 crash. And, um, yeah. and basically, it's 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 an impressive list of all of these companies we're using. Like, if I'm not mistaken, Uber, those type of businesses, Airbnb, WhatsApp. You know, and, 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 and they will, and those companies will start now. So there's nothing quite like a rattle your cage to, and, and I think that has also given all of us a little bit of time to think and also just to think about what is important to you in life. Um, and I know it's something, Nick, that you did you spend a lot of time on, on, on deeply. Is it, is it a, a commerce at all costs? Is it, you know, what is, is it philosophy? Is it, is it just a, a being a good human and, and paying it forward? So whatever that, but all of those things, while you're doing those musings, um, you, you might come up with some really, really good ideas, you know, and then start executing them. So my opinion of, I mean, not to use too many cliches today, but yeah, I mean, adversity is the mother of invention and this is adversity and shit will get invented. So, so this is the best time. 
Hundred percent. Um, so now I have kind of seen a lot of reading, and I've been speaking a lot about the recovery curve um, and when we should be planning for things to normalize. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs are fundamentally misunderstanding that lockdown is going to end and everything's going to come back together. When actually there is the slow recovery curve, and we need to kind of be guess guessing and predicting when we're going to get back to a hundred percent. Um, I want you to be honest with us and talk about when you think we're going to be recovered, um, because I think you and I share the same opinions here. Yeah, look, I think it's going to leave a, a sort of permanent COVID-shaped hole in the universe. Um, so um, the recovery, as I said earlier, we've, we've, we've sort of made an assumption that it's going to take 12 months. It, it takes, takes us all 12 months back with our business plans, at least. Um, but that doesn't really factor in the opportunity cost of inertia of people sort of um, your, your whole supply chain now being a little bit more spooked. So they've had to retrench people. They need to kind of lick their wounds, need to figure out what their next normal is. So people are going to, spending habits are going to change. You know, suddenly you are more um, enlightened to, 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 to what's important. Maybe I shouldn't buy a new car. Maybe I should just drive my car um, for the next 10 years, you know, and, and rather yeah. my time. So, yeah, without being too, I don't know. I mean, I can't really. I think there's too many experts on COVID that has, have no clues. So I'll, I'll first yeah. have to admit, I'm, I'm Kiet and I have no clue. Um, but I, what I do have a clue on is 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 the macro effect of 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 spending habits, you know, and 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 that and getting that those clients, your target market, to part with cash because that's what it's all about, you know, um, you know for, for just to, to digress slightly, but it is about consumer adoption, is about getting getting your software as a service business and getting that next um, lead and, and all the rest of it. I think the sales cycle is going to be longer in B2B. In B2C, it's going, people are going to be, um, really carefully think of what they spend their money on, which is good mm -hmm. news and bad news. This depends what, what if you're in the, in the thing that people are going to spend their money on, um, like online education. I think this is, this is this put that industry a step forward because people are going to say, hang on, as much as I hate uh, um, you know, homeschooling right now, um, there's definitely a lot more resources than I thought available to, to my kids you know, and so forth so, um, and myself. So, um, so, yeah, so to answer your question directly, think of us going at least a year back but then um, think about the fact that it's going to be a slower growth than before because there's going to be skepticism in B2B and more careful spending in B2C because people just don't have that much money anymore, disposable cash. Yeah, agreed. It's like you and Mike, Mike Uber are in each other's heads. His reply in the chat was start with macroeconomic indicators. So yeah. bang on, Mike. Um, okay, lots of questions coming in. Uh, I'll, I'll go from the most popular. Some of them are more broad. Uh, do you see value in accelerator programs? Uh, I, I think you're a bit biased, but go ahead. So sorry, what's the question? Do I see value? Yeah, in accelerator programs. Um, you know, actually, my, my answer might surprise you. Um, <laughs> Yes and no. I mean, but I think one has to be very skeptical of 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 accelerator programs and what you want to get out of it. You know, um, and 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 that is not to say they are they are necessarily or they yeah be skeptical of of ones that are too much of a of a you know, what is in it for them. Answer that ask them that question directly. You know, people are not just mm -hmm. doing accelerator programs necessarily for their free will. There's a Accelerator program is a Trojan horse for something, you know. 
and 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 what is that something you know what is the kpi that that team is trying to to get to you know is it deal flow kind of knife is it something something else um we just maybe not everyone knows we've got an accelerator program i don't like that word but let's say an entrepreneurship development program called grindstone um which which for us leads to 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 many things actually and there's some hidden hidden things that that, that i didn't even think it was going to lead to and it did um, but which, which basically is, is we've created partners with entrepreneurs that then exit and become investors in our funds and stuff. And I never really thought of, of my accelerator entrepreneurs as being my bosses, you know, sooner than, 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 than two, three years, you know, because, because wow. they basically made money. And that's great because, you know, who better to invest in than people that helped you kind of get there indirectly or directly. But I think it's the fit. So, so not to make it, it's just the fit. So even in, in our programs, you know, we get entrepreneurs that are that get you know not as much out of it because they don't use the platforms there. I mean, an accelerator program generally connects you to people, throw a lot of breadcrumbs out there, have have some interesting things, have some have some content and stuff. But it's actually not so much about the content, and it's about um, doing something with it. I mean, you mentioned Mike Joubert, so who's, who's on this chat? Hi, Mike. So a guy like Mike, you know, he's been involved very close to entrepreneurs. He mentors many and, and, and coaches more and he's an angel investor and all the rest of it. But, you know, he, he's, he's, he's associated with, with more than one program. If one asks him particularly, he gives more than, I mean, I don't know where he gets all the time in the world, but you, you put a guy like that who's a marketing guru of, 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 of note in front of entrepreneurs and then, 30% of them, like, like he's, when he says, listen, here's my email address, ping me, I'll come have a coffee with you. And then you would think you'll be oversubscribed and, and then some people just don't take advantage of opportunity. So I'm answering your questions twofold. It's, a, it's what do you want out of it? And you must work it as an entrepreneur. And the other mm-hmm. thing, what does the accelerator want out of it? And some are just not a good fit. You know, there's too late stage for the business, too early stage. Some are very good at seed, MVP. Others are very good at growth and acceleration. So it's, 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 the, it's the fit that's wrong. And the, and the hidden agenda that's not understood. Okay, that makes sense. Um, a little bit more of a light-hearted question, this one um, from Robin. What is your favorite book and what are you reading right now? My favorite book actually is a book called Broken Monsters by... Um, oh, where's Lauren, Lauren Beer. Um, Just because I like, I've, I've met her once or twice and I think she's very quirky and amazing uh, South African um, writer. Um, and, and then, um, and I, I, I actually don't like to, when I read, I don't like to read, um, too many, too much. I like to read proper fiction, you know, so Neil Gaiman, um, Neverwhere is my, is one of my other favorite books and, and those type of things. So, so that, that is, that is sort of my favorite. What I'm reading at the right now is I'm actually in between books. So any good suggestions, please, in the, in that genre and the fiction genre, I just finished um, so many. with the crawdad thing. Which was oh, yeah. a little bit not usually what I would read, but it was it was amazing. Um, the the writing was amazing. But yeah, so I like to I like to escape when I read it. And must be, but yeah, Broken Monsters. If you haven't read it, support a South African writer, and it's flipping amazing. So I'm actually reading Lauren's latest book, Afterland. Yes. Uh, it came out last week. Uh, so that's on my reading list. I'm reading The Art of War again. I decided when when better than right now to reread that um and funny enough my favorite book is along similar lines of yours uh, it's called the three body problem it's from a chinese author um it absolutely rewired my brain and um, people often ask me about business books and how they change my world and they don't 
business books don't change anything about me. I read to fundamentally change the way I think about the world, and I don't get that from business books. I get that from thinking about where the world might be. I think that the, the problem with business books, um, in general, and I really, and some some have, have, have really kind of good insights and interesting reading, but you can almost figure the whole plot out with uh, with um, with the, with the title. You know, like who moved yeah. my cheek? Okay, there's this mouth called mouse called curry, and there's one called <laughs> lazy or whatever. And you, you yeah, can almost yeah, yeah. the book. You know, good to great. So good is the enemy of great. So if you're good enough, you're not going to ever okay get it next. Yeah. <laughs> And usually the, 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 the intro is, is, is the plot, and then there's example and another example. Okay, and then there's this. There's, okay, so then the, the hockey team does this, and then the Canadian thing does this, and then that does that. It's like, okay, I flip and get it. I'm not stupid, you know? Yes, agreed. Um, okay, so some more questions here. Um, oh, I like this question because uh, I've, I've got views on it from a founder perspective. What do you and KnifeCap expect from founders in terms of updates? What's your ideal cadence and what do you want to see in, in a good update? And I think I'd like to just hone that in on now. Uh, is it Has it changed now and do you expect it to change going forward? Yeah, it has changed now. So what we, what we, what we do like is... Um, yeah, so what we do like is a, a we've got a one-page dashboard that we design um, with the companies when we invest in them. And very simply, if you can imagine now one page, at the top there's sort of actual and budget for the month and there's year to date and expected where you think the year is going to end. Um, and then in, in, the, in you know underneath that, there's some some pretty graphs of, of key metrics for that business, whether it's um, you know, number of tickets sold or number of users or, or, or defect rates or whatever it is. So just so one can see actual budget, da, 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 da. And below that is pipeline. Below that is um, significant events. So, and there's five bullet points that you must fill, fill in. So that's all we need on a monthly basis. And obviously the management accounts and stuff, but, but that's on a different basis that we look at. So on a monthly basis, significant events and, 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 uh, and update on cash flow, runway and, and business metrics. And significant events could be anything, like lost my marketing manager and, and she was amazing, or a massive award won at the um, World Economic Forum or, um, you know, big pipeline deal or whatever. And then we need to see what's in. So that's sort of on the one hand, um, a, a nice narrative around that we, 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 we like. So what do we like to have? An email with a narrative saying, hey, guys, this is what's happening this is where we see the business at the moment. This is a temperature check. See attached the one pager and, 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 and the management accounts go into the system. Um, but then also with each of our businesses, we have a, a WhatsApp group, you know, with the, with the key leadership team of each group and the key people from, from, from Knife, the key partners, well, all of the sort of us. And um, if there is something amazing, we want to have it on, on the trot, you know, so, so or, or something terrible, you know, so basically, you know, so that's quite cool. And we have, constant updates on maybe sometimes more than once a day, you know, just to say, see interesting article, you know, the way if we need to tweet something on Snaplify because they're giving away free eBooks, you know, we, we want to say, we want Wesley to, as he did, um, listen guys, check, this is what we're rolling out tomorrow. Or, or is, is something bad happened this guys, the, my financial director just resigned an hour ago. I'm, I'm still processing it, but um, just, you know, not because we want to be all there, but, it gives us almost a front row seat and, and takes us on the journey with the entrepreneurs ups and downs, you know? So, yeah, so that's a combination of that. And then all the no normal boring reporting, audits, yeah. 
rest of it. But it's more, it's more that. We do go to their offices once a month. Sorry, just to add that. So we have a, a meeting with them in, in their offices so that we can also sort of do a temperature check on culture, meet middle management, say hi to the receptionists. You know, it's mm. not always the entrepreneurs to, to so we like to spend time in their offices. Yeah. Um, but that's more of a coffee update than, yes, we do a business update. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Um, Paul Graham, who I love, I follow him a lot. I talk about him a lot. Uh, when I was a young founder, heard him or saw him tweet that they only get worried about founders when they stop hearing from them. Yeah. You can over communicate with your VCs all the time. But when you stop communicating, everyone knows there's a problem. So yeah. more is better than less. Um, so kids, I think I've kept you for long enough. Um, in closing, what would you want to leave with business owners and founders today? Um, like, what would you want to say to anyone watching now? Well, I think I think as uh, maybe with what you something you alluded to when you started, when 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 you, you sort of said that, think of a of a of a funder as a as a business too, you know, um, and and really think of that. I mean, the entrepreneurs are keep the key part of our value chain we are a business too that's not we we also worried we don't have the answers we're also taking flipping salary cuts and do those type of things in the in the, in the group we, we're kind of looking at, at at how do these things affect affect it all so i think be a little bit more um you know not just especially in these times but but don't people often say like how do i get hold of you guys and and and, and it's almost and especially South African VCs, maybe versus 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 others, maybe just because we haven't quite achieved the greatness that the Sequoias and stuff have have, have done. But even Rule of Buerta and those guys, I mean, they're all, all also accessible humans, you know. So so these are just, these are just people trying to run a business, trying to make money, and 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 it's a great business to have because you you flip and get inspired every every week by some entrepreneur that that is just amazing so it's, it's a hell of a positive energy i think the other thing i want to leave leave with is just to say in in that vein um you know there, there is a lot of positive coming out of this you know so the the way that people are responding the leadership initiatives the communication the human elements and and, and all the rest of it so so yeah i think that's on the one end and and yeah we're all in it together we understand the blood i really feel for entrepreneurs my heart breaks Every time I, I kind of have a conversation about cash flow and, and worry and, and all the rest of it, but um, you know it is a it is a shakeout phase, and unfortunately, yeah. the eighty twenty rule is true. If you're not in the twenty percent of awesomeness of entrepreneurs, and if you're not eighty percent of the entrepreneurs in that industry, you know there's going to be a shakeout, and, and and some of those won't make it. You know the good ones will 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 will, will make it. So. Somehow, that's why you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kit, as always, it's such a pleasure talking to you. Um, good luck with your investees, with your business, and stay safe. Talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for the uh, guys, thank you so much. This will go onto YouTube. Uh, we'll share it later if you want to watch it again. Um, reach out to Kit. I'm sure if you've got a business idea, you can mail him, tweet him. Uh, and same for me, just reach out. It's chat. And I will be hosting another one of these next week with Mike Sharman talking about brandalism and the curious cult that I'm building. Have a good weekend, everybody. Cheers, man. Ciao, ciao.
Thank you so much for listening to that live recorded webinar episode. That is one of the series of curiously quarantined episodes that I have made available to you while I record season two of the Curious Cult Show, which will be focused on starting something. That season comes out really soon, so please keep a lookout for that. If you liked this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Please share, like, review, and give us some love anywhere you can think of on the interwebs.